0: we'll hand-select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today, we are flashing back to episode number 36 with John Levy, one of the most interesting people we've ever featured on this podcast. John is a behavioral scientist and author who is best known for his work in influence, human connection, and decision-making. His latest book is called You're Invited, in which he guides readers through the art and science of developing influence and gaining trust in order to create deep and meaningful connections and build community. More than a decade ago, John founded The Influencer's Dinner a secret dining experience and community whose participants have now included more than 1,600 leaders across all industries, ranging from Nobel laureates, Olympians, and celebrities, to top executives and business leaders, and even royalty. In this short snippet, John details how he hatched and developed the influencers, from a modest first encounter of 12 people to what has now become an internationally known cultural phenomenon. One of the most common questions I am asked is how I have cultivated such an amazing network of my own. You may have recently seen people from outside the Cutco network featured on this podcast, such as Phil Helmuth, Christopher Lockhead, and Dushka Zapata. And there's a lot more of those types of people coming. The concepts John Levy shares very much parallel my own philosophies and strategies. I wanna invite you all to connect with me at dancassetta.com. You can download a free workbook there called 10 Keys to Create Powerful Personal Connections. You can also find a blog about the creation of my Silicon Valley Mastermind Group. It's called Building a Network of Power and Influence. I'd also like to encourage you to get John Levy's book, You're Invited. There will be a link added to the show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. And if you enjoy this short snippet, be sure to revisit our full conversation in episode number 36. John, let's talk about how you have cultivated such a life-changing network of amazing people. I
1: was 28 and I had a lot of ideas of what I wanted to do with my life, but I was like this typical underachiever and not living up to my potential, whatever that is. And I sat in this seminar by Landmark Education called Wisdom, and the program leader said something that blew my mind, because I'd never thought about it. He said, the fundamental element that defines the quality of our lives are the people we surround ourselves with and the conversations that we have with them. And I thought that was fascinating, because it meant maybe I'd gone about this all the wrong way. Maybe instead of trying to focus on my faults and all the things that I'm doing wrong, that I keep telling myself or girls I dated, uh, were telling me that I need to fix maybe instead of me trying to fix it and going through like all this really hard work and making it a struggle and difficult and a challenge, maybe I just need to hang out with the people who've mastered it and it would naturally just affect me. (laughs) Right? Because If you're surrounded with a bunch of Olympians, you're probably going to have like a pretty decent fitness program that you participate in. Because people say, instead of going to eat cheesecake, they'll say things like, hey, do you want to go for a run? And so you naturally take on their characteristics. And so I said, I need to figure out how to bring together the most influential people in every field. Because if I want to live an extraordinary life, the most important thing I can do the thing that's most in my control is curating the people around me. Mm-hmm. All I have to do is figure out what will cause these people to connect with me. And then the other factor is I need to figure out how to build trust with them quickly. And so if I can figure those two things out, I could really be onto something.
0: How to connect with the top achievers in a variety of walks of life, variety of fields. Yeah. And then how to build trust and credibility yeah Uh, with those individuals
1: precisely because here's the interesting thing ultimately we're talking about influence influence and i don't mean like instagram influencer i mean like actual influence right not that those people don't have influence but i mean the concept of influence rather than right posting something on a social media site so influence breaks down into these two factors which is who knows who you are and how much they trust you in that capacity meaning When it comes to sales and sales training, no doubt you know what you're talking about. When it comes to neurosurgery, I'm probably not calling you first. Right. So that means that I needed to figure out what would cause a top performer in an industry to actually notice me as this 28-year-old nobody. And so I started studying it. And what I found led to kind of this crazy outcome.
0: Yeah. So the outcome is the hatching of this influencers dinner concept. Right. And uh, I'd love to hear more about how this started and, uh, just kind of get your, your take on that.
1: So I spent about a year trying to figure out what would cause influential people to engage and connect. And I found that there's essentially four basic characteristics that really appeal to this audience, right? So this is an audience of people whose lives are incredibly busy everybody wants something from them they want their uh i say they they want their steam they want their social clout because being friends with them gives you status they want their time their expertise their access and their money right everybody's after these things not necessarily their personal money but like if you're the cmo of a major company everybody wants donations contracts all that kind of stuff so what do we do with that if everybody's after something then we need to give them something without any expectation of anything in return because then their defenses go down. Mm -hmm. But I don't mean like product. I don't want a new phone or a car or something like that because we actually tend not to value the things that we're given, right? If you go to an event and there's a gift bag, what do most people do with what's inside the gift bag? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, might not even keep any of it right yeah it goes into the trash or gets re-gifted re-gifted yeah nobody really cares we care about what we work for and i'll get to that in a bit the second characteristic is the most influential people in our culture have experienced so much so if we want to get on their radar it can't be the same thing as everything else we, we have to trigger a section of the brain called the snvta it's the major novelty center of the brain and it turns out that when you trigger novelty it induces us to explore and understand things. So the more novel something is, the more of a desire to understand it exists. Mm -hmm. And so if you invite somebody to a casino-themed fundraiser that's really influential, they'll be like, I've been invited to 100 of those this year. (laughs) No, thank you. But if you invite them to something that really stands out as different, then they get curious. Right. Especially because they're used to being, they see themselves often as the person who gets access to the most exclusive things. Mm Mm-hmm. The other thing is, who do the most influential people in our culture spend their time with? Who do you think?
0: Other very influential people or their family,
1: right? Right? That's what people think. And the truth is that they don't get to spend time with other influential people. Mm -hmm. They spend time with their admins. So if you actually look at where people are spending their time, it's their direct reports. Sometimes the person they report to, and it's their assistant, admin, all that kind of stuff. Then their family. And if they're lucky, one night a week or something like that, they'll go out to an event with fancy people. But mostly they don't get to be with uh, interesting or really unique people. When you're at the top, that experience isn't openly available. Right? Mm-hmm. You have to go. That's why people spend so much to go to TED or Davos or any of these big events. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, the, uh, arguably the most desired human emotion or experience is a state of awe or wonder. So if you can induce that, what's interesting about it is that people feel more generous and more connected. It's mm-hmm. a, so these are kind of four things that if you make them available, people will want to connect with you. right? So I said, okay, I'm going to create a secret dining experience. And I'll invite 12 people at a time. They're not allowed to talk about what they do or give their last name. They cook dinner together. And when they sit down to eat, everybody gets to guess what everybody else does. Hmm. They find out that it's Malcolm Gladwell, the president of MTV, the editor-in-chief of L, a two-time Olympian, you know, all these kind of really successful, super interesting people, company founders and comedians and celebrities or whatever it is. And I've hosted, at this point, 197 dinners in nine cities in three countries. It's been over 1,600 people, I think. Wow. And it's grown into... One of the most exclusive private communities out there, and then to keep the group connected, I created a uh, salon series. So uh, we invite about sixty former dinner guests, plus a few uh, friends that I've made along the way, and we have them have cocktails, and then we get three of our members to speak. So you might hear a talk by Bill Nye, the science guy, or one of the former Roots perform, or stuff like that. And so it's it's like. Uh, a true salon in a living room and the people there are just extraordinary.
0: So when you began, you just began with, you know, 12 people who you've had some sort of access to and just kind of up up leveled it from there.
1: So, yeah, I think that that's what, uh, people often have this question of like, how'd you pull this off? I've been doing a almost 200 of them. Like in the early days, I was some schmuck in my like apartment with a broken air conditioner that couldn't keep the kitchen cold enough. And people were sweating while they were cooking, right? Like it was miserable. And like, it's kind of funny to look back to that being the first dinner and, and it was wonderful and miserable. And, you know, it was a few impressive people. And, you learn all these lessons along the way and you screw up a ton and you embarrass yourself. And sometimes people drink too much and say something stupid. And so, you know, like all these things happen and then you kind of figure it out And by dinner 10, you're like, Oh my God, I just got an email from the New York times or didn't they want to cover it? So we were featured on the cover of the style section and Forbes featured us. And at this point there's been covered by everybody from fast company and GQ to L to Vogue to whatever. Right. So it's, It's really kind of become this crazy cultural phenomenon. And I've eaten a lot of burritos.
0: (laughs) It's so fascinating, John, because without knowing you and without knowing this concept that, you know, in the way that you presented it, I went to a friend of mine a little over three years ago and said, Hey, let's get together the 12 most successful people we've ever met in our life. Mm -hmm. And let's just put them in a room and have a conversation and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, and, And I've now had 13 Events, So it's far less than 197, but it's, <laughs> I've seen the way that it opens doors to mm-hmm. greater access to more and more amazing individuals. And I've had some of the most incredible leaders in the Silicon Valley in the room with me. Mm -hmm. And, and just like you said, I almost feel like it's absurd, that like, I'm the knife guy and I've got access to all of these incredible people that I could call or talk to or ask questions of or leverage for connections uh, uh, that I might want some other way. And it, it all just came from deciding to give value to the group without expecting anything in return. Mm -hmm. And that's always been the motivation, at least for my group, from the start is just giving value without expecting anything in return, being able to be in the room, hear the conversation, learn and grow and make connections. What's clear is you might be the knife guy, but you're also the generous guy. Mm
1: -hmm. And so the fact that you're willing to do this with no clear benefits to you, with no clear transaction value is why it
0: works. Right. I think uh, everybody listening could have their wheels turning on how could I do something like this in my community? How could I bring together some of the more influential top achievers in my community, top thinkers in my community, and uh, be able to glean insight from being around those people and around those conversations? So
1: I can actually give you some really, I think, solid advice around this stuff. The first thing is don't copy anybody else's format. What you want to do is take something that you care about and that you enjoy, that you'll be willing to do more than three times. If you like hiking, great. Start your own hike club. If you like, uh, what is it, board games, do a board games night where each week you do a different board game or each month. But the key is to just start bringing people together. And then over time, you develop status within the community. You develop a mailing list. You develop a reputation of being able to bring people together. You can create whatever it is that you're passionate about.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.